0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com.
2: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Midday's here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready. Get ready
0: to go beyond the headlines.
2: and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, along with a rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this. Friday, y'all. Heck dang, yeah, we have made it all the way through the week. Here to a Friday. Down at the uh, the Gulf Coast yesterday, Gulfport High School, that was a lot of fun. Hope you folks enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed uh, getting to meet the uh, the teachers, uh, the principal, the superintendent, others involved with uh, the great programs they got going on the academic institutes at the Gulfport High School. But most importantly, the students. That's who I enjoyed meeting. They're just. I got to tell you, in the last segment, I I talked about it, and. Uh, pondered it a bit more on the drive home up 49 there. It just uh, it, it gave me a sense of optimism and a reason to be optimistic. These are our future leaders. The future entrepreneurs, business leaders, political leaders, etc. I think we're in good hands. If that, and I believe it is, It's a pretty good cross-section representation of that age group in our country. I feel pretty good, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as uh, we did bringing the show to you from Gulfport High School. And the food, by the way, they treated us to a little lunch there in the culinary cafe. That was pretty darn good. I normally don't eat quite uh, that high on the hog, as they say, for lunch. <laughs> but, wow, little shrimp, grilled shrimp, in a, uh, like a sauce, butter-type sauce. and bar-
3: I don't think I ever had shrimp in all my days for lunch at school.
2: Well, I think we're special. <laughs> we had a little privilege. Uh, I tell you, the, uh, the shrimp, the barbecued chicken, Breast really good, very tender, very tasty sauce. Caesar salad, mashed taters, just good, good food. Really enjoyed it. Uh, But again, that's a little more than I typically eat for a lunch, but I'm grateful. It was a a, a, really fantastic lunch. So (laughs) the principal told me that they also have a bit of a cake decorating contest there. In the culinary cafe. And that uh, when they bake those cakes, they'll put them on rolling carts and roll them down the halls, giving out pieces of cake. I bet that's pretty cool in the middle of the day to be eating decorated up cake like that. I bet it's pretty good if that lunch we had yesterday is any indication for sure. We are here at the last day of the week. We had Frank Bordeaux on yesterday, chairman of the Mississippi GOP, and we were discussing the outlook for the midterms. Let's see, I believe yesterday was day 83, until the midterms, so this would make it day 82. And, you know, lots of developments there. The primaries, I think for the most part, over. I'm not sure if there are any remaining primaries, honestly. Uh, Rhino, to see who will uh, be on the ballot in the general elections across the country. Of course, all 435 seats in the House of Representatives up uh, for re-election or, or election this uh, this coming November. 35 Senate seats, U.S. Senate seats, of which 21 are defended by Republicans, 14 by Democrats, course, the big primary news of the week, the flaming defeat of Liz Cheney in the great state of Wyoming. Her opponent, Miss Hageman, will be on the ballot in the general election coming up in November. Now, of course, that would not represent any uh, flipping of the seat. That wouldn't be a, a, a positive for Republicans, should Miss Hageman and is likely going to win.
3: According to the New York Times, there yep. are a few primaries left. Okay, you've got Florida coming up next, August twenty third, paired with an intra-party primary for some New York seats. Uh, then you have Massachusetts on September sixth. Okay, uh, Delaware and New Hampshire on September thirteenth. Well, it's Delaware, New Hampshire, and Rhode Island. Excuse me, all three of those on September thirteenth, and then. The weird one, Louisiana. Yeah, that November is weird. November 8th. Yeah, it's weird. And if uh, they don't get a all-out winner in that one, they'll have a runoff in December.
2: Because it's a uh, jungle primary, right? Or correct. jungle election. So if somebody gets 50-plus, they win outright, correct? Isn't that how it works? If not... That's the way I think it works. Yeah, and if not, uh, it will be decided in a runoff after... Right. Big Between population. the top two yeah. vote-getters. Yeah, exactly. It Who could be in the same party, right? In the jungle primary. I believe that's how it works. Very interesting. And they vote on Saturday, do they not? I think that's in Louisiana. A Saturday, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see where all that goes. But n- nothing really, I think, earth-shaking in terms of the...
3: No, it's a Tuesday. Okay, 8th is a Tuesday.
2: There's some point in there, maybe it's the... Somewhere in Louisiana, maybe it's the statewides or something. I know they go to the polls on Saturday. Pretty sure that's right. Take take a look at that, see what you can find out. I don't know why that comes to mind. It just does as a a bit of an outlier for the state of Louisiana. Cassidy, of course, the senator, he... uh, I believe he's already, how does that work? I thought he already won the primary there, Senator Bill Cassidy, in Louisiana. We'll, we'll take a look, see if we can find out. But I don't think there's anything notable. It's
3: for a Senate seat. It is the Senate primary featuring several Democrats challenging incumbent John Kennedy, a Republican.
2: Oh, that's different. Okay. Senator Kennedy, all right, on the Senate side. I thought Cassidy was up as well on the Senate side. That would be kind of weird, but it's certainly possible. Uh, w- but I think the big thing is nothing, nothing notable t- to any great extent w- that would really make a difference in the balance of power, I don't think, in the remaining primaries. I think most of those ships have sailed, and now it's just a matter of who the heck's going to win the general.
3: Cassidy was
2: reelected in 2020. Okay. That's what it was. So I, I know what's notable about that. I believe he either voted for impeachment. Yeah, or he was conviction. one of seven
3: senators to vote to convict Donald conviction, Trump.
2: Conviction, right. And, and it was thought that would really be a negative.
3: The Republican Party of Louisiana censured him.
2: Right. But he still got elected. That's what I'm thinking about. In a landslide, if I'm not mistaken, is how it was reported. I'm kind of iffy on the senator as far as his uh, his views and his um, policy positions.
3: Yeah, he garnered 59.3% of the vote compared to Democrat Adrian Perkins, who got 19, and Derek Edwards, who got
2: 11. There you go. In spite of his voting to convict the president. I think that's what's notable about that. So my apologies. It's 2020. I knew there was something remarkable about his election. He's not up. It's Senator Kennedy, and that is a jungle primary, correct? Correct. And that means uh, all candidates from all parties oppose each other, compete against each other in a single primary. And the top two, if no individual candidate receives 50 plus one, the top two would advance to a runoff is the way it works, which could be two in the same party. I believe that's right. I know in a rank and, and then you have ranked choice voting in some states and some of those are just in the primaries. Some of those are jungle primaries or it's partisan primaries, some of those are in jungle primaries. So uh all states just have different approaches to this. I think what's unique about Louisiana that I recall though is the Saturday voting. See what you find about that. I I thought they allowed that. Hmm. Anyhow, when we come back, we'll uh We'll talk about some of these races and, and kind of where that may leave uh, the country after the midterm elections. What's going to happen? I think right now most most folks will feel like that based on the performance of the president and his, his polling and obviously him being attached to the party, that could be a... Uh, a challenge, an obstacle to the Democrats retaining control. We'll talk about that when we come back on Middays. Let's see, on the program today we've got uh, Linda Martin, the general manager of the new Tesla showroom in the Jackson area. That's it coming up next. And then Dr. Kelly Leitch, pediatric orthopedic surgeon, will be on the program at 11.05.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, partly sunny, high near 86. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 88. And a look to Sunday, showers and thunderstorms likely, mostly cloudy, high near 87. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
3: I'm Mason Irby, your Madison County Edward Jones financial advisor. We're all about financial investments, but we also value the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Madison Central Football on Supertalk Jackson. Call me, Mason Irby, at 601-616-6872 or visit edwardjones.com for all your investment needs. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
5: This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
6: You're listening to Super Talk Mississippi, the home of Ole Miss sports. Brought to you in part by All Britain's Jewelers, diamonds, watches, specialty gifts, and more. Your family-owned full-service jewelers since 1920. Visit All Britain's Jewelry in their new location on Old Canton Road behind Highland Village.
4: ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net.
8: Hit the
9: road in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven. Plus, an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Going on now. Manufacturer's suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability made vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends 9:30.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Okay, so I, this is what I found right now. It looks like the primary in Louisiana, open primary, as we discussed, November 8th, which is election day across the country. But the general election, in fact, is on December 10th. So that's kind of weird. So my take on that is that the winner wouldn't be determined, is that right? On November 8th and December 10th, by the way, is a Saturday. So open general congressional election would be on December the 10th. That's interesting. But the open primary Congressional election, that is the way it is described by the Secretary of State, November the 8th, same as the rest of the country. So it's kind of weird. That suggests to me that their primary is on the same day that the rest of the country is having their general. That's my interpretation of it, anyhow. Somebody that knows more about Louisiana could probably help us with that, but for what it's worth. I don't know that there's, again, nothing earth-shaking going to come out of that election with respect to the balance of power. I think the biggest deal is what's going to happen overall in the House and in the Senate. And i got to tell you, the Democrats are feeling pretty dead gum spunky about their chances of retaining both houses. Now, three months ago, I think on the program here, I was, uh, you can put me down for there's going to be a shellacking in the midterms. Certainly on the House side, we're going to see a huge flip. Only five seats, I believe, are required to uh, change the balance of power in the House for the Republicans if they can uh, win five seats. I think right now that's where I think the balance of power the, or the margin sits at four, the advantage of the Democrats. But anyhow, I I would have been in the camp, I certainly was, that we're looking at a 25 to 30 seat advantage for the Republicans. I'm not feeling quite as confident about that for a variety of reasons, but I'm feeling like that we're likely to overtake the House, flip the House, but I think it's going to be by fewer than 10 seats. Some of that's because I think there are some candidates that are opposing Democrats in so-called swing districts that uh, are, let's just say, not terribly appealing. That may be an issue there. I think the other thing is <laughs> folks are starting to see the price of gas go down, the price of a number of other commodities falling and so this this economic this economic sentiment i think that is held by most voters is improving or at a minimum they sense they see improvement and and therefore they think okay we got to keep the same people in jar- charge to continue that improvement i also think they're going to affect very effectively pounce on this, uh, certainly in terms of to uh, senior voters, in terms of age, and those that, who are about to be on Medicare, they're really going to focus on some of the uh, the bennies there, recently enacted in the Inflation Reduction Act, capping out-of-pocket costs for drugs, 2000 a year, and $35 a month for insulin and uh, allowing Medicare to negotiate with the pharmaceutical companies. And so there's just going to be, they're going to really focus on a lot of those benefits. And that's going to be appealing. That messaging is going to be appealing. Now what, what never gets talked about, I don't think, enough, is, yeah, you're getting these benefits, but you're also ceding your freedom to some extent, and you're injecting more government into the private sector. And so while there may be a very detailed, specific benefit, let's just say the insulin benefit, what you're losing out on is lots of prospective and potential new drugs and innovation because the gut that would come from the pharmaceutical industry to treat things such as cancer and, and other really chronic and deathly diseases, and diseases that uh, cause for a, a lower quality of life, they're just less inclined to do that, because government's in charge. It's no different than the fossil fuels industry. Government says, we're shutting you down, we're shutting down the fossil fuels industry, and therefore they don't invest as much in it. They're not inclined to go build new refineries or explore for more oil and gas, Not certainly not at the rate they would... If the government were to announce, "Hey, we're going to leave you guys alone. We realize we need this stuff you produce for a thriving, vibrant economy, and to keep the cost, the everyday cost down for Americans," you guys go at it. No, we don't get that message, and that's essentially what's happening here in the pharmaceutical industry. But from a short-term perspective, yeah, oh great, you know, my the cost of my insulin went down. My my annual cost of drugs under Part D goes down, et cetera. But we never think about the longer term and the, and the broader impact of more government. I mean, if government just stepped in and said, OK, we're going to control you know, the price of steak, we, there'll be a lot of people that celebrate. Hey, look, I can get ribeye for a buck and a half a pound thanks to that government. Keep going, government. The only problem is, what that does long term to the production in this case of beef—that's just one of a gazillion examples. Price controls imposed by government never work, and and so that's essentially what's happening here. And the same thing is true with Obamacare. When Obamacare was was enacted in in um, two thousand and ten. Uh, you know, the, I knew right then that these insurance reforms that were included in the bill were going to be wildly popular, even with conservatives, who would, on the one hand, say, we got to get government out of the health care industry. Uh, but on the other hand, the same people would say, man, I sure do like these insurance reforms, such as... No denial for pre-existing conditions, and limits on out-of-pocket expenses in a given year, limits on out-of-pocket expenses uh, on the lifetime of um, a person covered. Just as an example, or that 80% of premiums have to be paid out in, in the form of claims, or the minimum essential coverage requirements, all those sorts of things. Most people would say, yeah, we, we need that. we got to have it. But they don't think about, oh, but that costs money? And that gives me fewer options for health care? And that's exactly what's happened. Prices ballooned dramatically. But hey, oh, free wellness care, for example. I remember before Obamacare, I had a colonoscopy. I had to pay for that out of pocket. The next time... No charge. Covered. But, of course, my premiums went up to cover that. Nobody considers that.
3: Everybody's premiums went up to cover that.
2: No doubt. I totally agree. That's the only point I'm making. If you went to people, the, the average person on the street, say, hey, do you think these would be good insurance and Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what about if it cost you more? Hmm. And nobody ever asked that other question, that follow-up question. Oh, but it cost you more. cost us all more, as Rhino says. Uh, all of that, you know, and things like that are popular, like limit the pay. So they don't. The law doesn't limit the pay of of insurance carrier CEOs. It limits the deduction of their pay for tax purposes, which is crazy. That's just that's just an example. I'm just giving an example of what happens when government gets involved, and they pass legislation that has these very popular provisions in it, and the byproducts. Of those provisions and those laws aren't considered holistically. And that's exactly what they're going to pounce on. Those Republicans voted for you to pay more for your drugs. They don't want you to have this Medicare benefit. Oh, I'm voting for Democrats. That's the point I'm trying to make. And that will resonate, and that will work effectively. Because, unfortunately, the Republicans don't really try to Try to, to, to kind of trigger their thought process to think through this logically. Yeah, that's great. These little benefits, we hear you. But overall, it's not really good for you or the country when the government steps in. So I think it's going to be a, a much taller hill to climb than we once thought. We'll take a break right here and come back with more on Middays. We're in the Element Well Studios.
4: 601-345-8090 That's 601-345-8090 Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. You
12: hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America Take off on TikTok Businesses like Porgy's Hot Dogs I've
6: got another good one for y'all today Our Peanut Butter and Jelly Dog
12: Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country and there's Matt Fix-It, your local handyman just building a business.
13: Holy frickin' drywall repair. We've got a bathtub
12: above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video, and new customers are still flying in. American Small Business Booms on TikTok.
10: I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. I'm here to help you with your construction site. We have many different options such as portable toilets, handicap units, hand washers, eye washers, and also roll-off dumpsters. When you gotta go, please call Gotta Go.
1: 601-879-3969.
4: The Southern Business Institute is proud to bring you Collab South. Whether you are a new business or a business that has been around a long time, this is a great place to get up-to-date information on business in Mississippi. Our one-day event gives you access to business information right here in Mississippi. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other local business owners. Find resources and information to help you manage your business, get answers to questions from like-minded business owners, and share resources to help others. The event is August the 26th at the Country Club of Jackson from 8 to 5 p.m. Seating is limited, so visit southernbusinessinstitute.com for tickets today.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. MDOT is funded through taxes collected on gas sales. At about 18 cents per gallon. Our state has one of the country's lowest gas taxes. So when residents cut back on driving, like they're doing now with prices so high, it has an impact. Representative Charles Busby thinks we're eventually going to have to readdress the push toward electric vehicles.
7: You know, we put a fee on, on electric vehicles back in the 2018 special session. Uh, you know, that probably is, that is not exactly how it's being done in some other parts of the country. Uh, some states like Utah and Oregon are kind of leading the way on that. And uh, I think it, it may end up looking more like
16: uh, an interstate compact, similar to how we how we have big trucks right now.
15: Mississippians that drive a hybrid vehicle currently pay a $75 tax when they register their car or renew their tag. Electric car owners pay a tax of $150.
13: Join Grammy Museum Mississippi on Saturday, August 21st for If I Leave Here Tomorrow, a film about Leonard Skinner and post-screening conversation by Paul Abraham. Come explore the backstory of this legendary Southern rock band, songs from the first six albums, and a focus on Ronnie Van Zant. Doors open at 2 p.m. and the documentary will begin at 2.30. To purchase tickets or learn more about upcoming programs and Grammy Museum's current exhibit, MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV, visit GrammyMuseumMS.org.
0: Days with Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our show on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
2: Welcome back everyone to Midday Super Top Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the Element Well Studios on this Friday, y'all. Heck yeah. Joining us now in the studios, Linda Martin, the general manager of the brand new Tesla showroom. Yes. It's in Brandon, right?
6: It is in Brandon.
2: Servicing yes. the Jackson area, the entire state of Mississippi or kind yeah. of what's your reach there?
6: Oh, it's actually really exciting. So, we're we're the first state to decide to offer EV a sales license, um, which which was, you know, it took a while to get there. So we essentially represent the entire South. So all of Louisiana, Alabama customers, and anyone who orders in Mississippi, essentially they'll come and take delivery from our showroom.
2: So I believe we have a law in Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, in order to sell a new vehicle, Mm -hmm. right, one has to have an an established brick-and-mortar dealership. Within the state, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah,
6: that is correct. So, how it works for us as Tesla, we're not your typical dealership. We actually call ourselves a showroom. Okay. Uh, you can't walk onto our property and say, "I want this car right here, and I'll take it today." Yeah. Uh, how our customers work, uh, how the process works, is you place an order online, you build your custom car. Uh, the down payment for that is two hundred and fifty dollars. And uh, we tell our customers, be ready to take delivery of your vehicle uh, next week or in six
2: months. Really,
6: Um, By the time they get to us, financing has been completed, and they drive off into the sunset right off of our our lot.
2: Okay. So So, what about um, aftermarket service?
6: Yeah, so there are only 12 moving parts within a Tesla. So, Not you don't much. you don't have to go in for an oil change. Essentially, it's going to be tires, windshields, um and we actually just opened up our brand new showroom as you stated earlier with a service center built in. Okay. It's state of the art facility. It's one of the newest prototypes that Tesla is implementing out in North America. So we're really excited to be a part of this and to be representing Mississippi in the little city of Brandon. That's How cool. exciting. Yeah. yeah.
2: So do you anticipate more such showrooms uh, across the country?
6: Oh, absolutely. So, you know, Tesla's ever-growing and ever-changing, and so I think we'll forever see new showrooms pop up here and there. Um, for now, we're the only uh, state within the South that offers a sales license, so yeah. we're we're really fortunate to be able to represent so many states.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. So, uh, have you been in the automobile industry? No, sir. A long time?
6: No, sir. I, I actually haven't. I was in ministry for a really long time, but prior to that, I was in corporate America. I worked for companies such as Apple, Anthropology, traveling and opening up new locations and training teams. And you know Tesla is really great about hiring people first, leaders as opposed to someone in automotive experience, because it's just the culture is more technology based.
2: Yeah, you know that uh, that's not surprising. uh, As one who came from the IT industry, uh, you know what we used to say is the widget really doesn't matter; Uh, it's the experience that matters. It's it's the business philosophy, it's the culture, it's the approach to doing business, and and that um, the widgets it it could be anything, honestly, and that's. I think that's where all industries are going. That doesn't mean you don't need a certain degree, obviously, of product and technical expertise. There, there are typically ranks of people that are very, very good at that and do that. But I think what customers seek is that experience. They that's just right. want to be they want to be treated fairly. They they want to be uh, treated with responsiveness. That's a big issue. We all want to. To know that uh, when we buy something, that uh, we we get uh, the support, and the service, and the contact we need. The cool thing is, as you know, we got a myriad of different ways to to exchange and to interact with people. That's, and that's right. what's changed. So you guys have sort of reinvented uh, that that experience, and that you just go online and, and build your configuration.
6: Yeah, I'd, I'd say probably sixty percent of the customers that we've seen just in Mississippi, Louisiana alone. They have placed their order prior to ever even coming in and test driving a vehicle. So they call us after the fact and say, Hey, I placed my order last (laughs) week. Is there any way I could come in and test drive? And the answer is yes. It's as easy as booking an appointment online, tesla.com. Pull down our location in Brandon, and we have slots, 30-minute increment slots, all day long. So anyone who wants to can come and take a test drive.
2: That's really cool. So what... uh, I I got to believe you get this question. What do you say to folks who who are concerned about the range uh, of a charge? And I know that varies uh, by the vehicle model. Sure. And uh, to that, and availability of charging stations, uh, et cetera. Does that? uh, What's kind of your your talking points there? What's your pitch?
6: Yeah. Well, I will tell you. You know, I went from a minivan prior to my Tesla. Okay. And it was. It's honestly been life changing. Um, You know, my particular car is a Model Y long range, and I get about 320 miles maybe on a full charge. Okay. Um, At home, I can plug it up when I get home from work, and by the morning, it's 100% charged, ready to go. Um, A supercharger takes about 20 minutes to fully charge if I'm on a 5% battery, which I'm really good at running it down.
2: (laughs) What's the range on a supercharge?
6: Uh, The supercharge will... Charge it 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll get you to 100% just in about a 20-minute time frame instead of an entire evening. Well, why
2: would you ever want to do the slow charge, the trickle charge?
6: So the slow charge is good to do just on a day-to-day, Monday through Friday. If you're going on a long road trip, we recommend supercharging. Uh, We never encourage our customers to go over 80% battery charge because we have regenerative braking, which saves your battery life, essentially. It adds juice to
2: it. So, yeah, rechargeable batteries in general, that's the approach. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's lithium or even nickel cadmium, the old NiCad batteries. That's right. Same deal.
6: That's right. And so they get,
2: they start to get a memory, and that it, it reduces the, the cycle time, etc. Exactly. Cetera. So, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, the
6: the second part of your question was around superchargers. You know, Tesla's continuing to put hundreds a, a, a week in North America so we're even looking at we just put our latest supercharger in Vicksburg at the Ameristar casino cool. Um we had a fun test drive event last Saturday was the ribbon cutting so we were really glad you know to see locations and there's a place online where they can go if the, um, the a, somebody has land or wants to see that a need and having a charger there, they can go online and make a recommendation of a location that would be necessary.
2: So to the motorist, how easy it, is it to determine where charging stations are, much the same way that uh, with traditional vehicles, you know where the gas stations yeah. are. signs <laughs> all over the place, right? So,
6: so uh, you type in your navigation, your address of your destination, if you're traveling long range, if you're going an hour drive. Um, and you know your battery's running low, and it prompts you to stop. And it'll tell you how long to stay there yeah, or to get to your next I destination. Figured. It's a smart car, so it's, we don't have to put much thought into it.
2: It's a computer with wheels <laughs> essentially right. is what it is.
6: That's exactly what it yeah. is, isn't yeah. it amazing?
2: Uh, what about uh, any new models coming down the line? Anything you can tell us about that?
6: Yeah, well, you know, the Cybertruck is expected to to hit the ground 2023. Um, So I know that we'll definitely have one in our showroom when it's available. Uh, We made our uh, showroom doors large enough to get the Cybertruck pulled in there. Being in the south, I know we're going to see a lot of trucks uh, wanting to be driven and looked at. So, But, yeah, so our cars spell sexy uh it's e- elon's <laughs> it's his favorite story to tell really is we we have the model s yeah. we have a model three which was a really funny story um and then we have an x and a y and uh cars will be coming out we'll have the cybertruck we'll have an affordable car a roadster and then of course this Semi, which you've probably seen on the news yeah, um it's yeah. coming out there so yeah
2: yeah wow so when when you're dealing with a prospective customer that's that's thinking about this purchase, yeah, what are the reasons for it i mean is it is it because they want to go to an e v or is it because they they like the various Tesla features and models and styling, et cetera, yeah. combination
6: yeah, you know it is a combination. I will say a lot of our customers are early adopters, they want sure. the newest, they want the best yeah. and we're in a we, we live in a culture where change is inevitable. And I think that people are finally starting to see that. Yeah. Um, I think the beautiful thing about Tesla is we aren't in competition. We aren't after, you know, taking anyone's business. Our model is just completely different. And we absolutely understand that Tesla is not for everyone. But Tesla sells itself. I mean, I will tell you, I've had Hundreds of people come in and test drive for the very first time, and I haven't had a single one walk out and say this isn't for me.
11: Yeah.
6: Um, but you know, I think right now with gas prices continuing to rise, that's a really solid benefit. I mean, our customers sure. on average are saving two to five thousand dollars a year on gas prices alone. That's mm-hmm. a substantial amount of money for families. Um, but then you know, I think the other piece is they walk in assuming that it's not affordable. Yeah. You know, our Teslas started around forty-eight. Forty-nine thousand uh, dollars for you know a basic Model Three. I'll say you can't go get a brand new car off a dealership for that cost. Yeah. So we do make uh, vehicles that are affordable for everyone to be able to to drive, and that was really Elon's goal was to make sure that everyone could eventually have one and afford one. And
2: now you've got uh, the new credits. That's uh, right. In the in the new bill because. Before this, you guys had run out. It was based on the number of vehicles, so I think two hundred thousand was yeah. the threshold, yeah. and you blew through that. I think you, I think you guys at Ford did, and so no credits were available for a Tesla. But this new bill will make credits available. That's both exactly Both on the right. truck, SUV, eighty grand, fifty-five grand, I think.
7: Yep. That's uh, right. For
2: a, for a, a normal passenger vehicle. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah.
6: Exciting times.
2: Wow. Well, we're glad you're in Mississippi, yeah. and uh, we, we wish you all the success uh, in the world. And uh, I love tracking Elon. It, it's intriguing, and it's entertaining uh, kind of at the same time, but he's he's brilliant, and he's a fantastic entrepreneur. And
6: he is. He's a, he's a fantastic boss.
2: I bet. That's what I've heard. I've read <laughs> come, some reports on that.
6: Make sure you come by and test drive.
2: Good luck to you. Thank you, Linda. Yeah, Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks for having we'll us. We'll take a break right here on Middays. We're coming right back.
17: That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, school is back, and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com.
4: With approved credits like Model C, dealer for details.
13: Builders,
7: this is the opening agri market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton was up 210 to 114.86. March cotton was up 167 to 111.43. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade, November soybeans were down 10 and three quarters to 1394 and a quarter per bushel. January soybeans were down 10 and a half to 1401 per bushel. December corn was up four cents to 619 and three quarters per bushel. March corn was up four and a half. 627 and a quarter per bushel. At the mercantile, October live cattle was up 70 to 145.45. December live cattle was up 57 to 151.12. October feeders down 52 to 187.15. November feeders down 47 to 189.02. And at the open, the Dow Jones down 227 points, 33,771. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi, agri
4: News Network. This is day two of safety digging class. Why call 811? Do you see this picture? Yeah, it's a dog house. No, it's where my wife and I live because I failed to call 811, hit a gas line, and blew up my house. Ah,
13: one of them tiny, tiny houses. Is it roomy?
4: (laughs) Next question
5: Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do.
12: be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3 properly set all controls before recording all
0: systems go. the talk that keeps mississippi talking middays with gerard gibbert on super talk mississippi
2: when I wake up in Welcome back, everyone. Midday, super top Mississippi. And the sunlight. We thank you so much for joining us today. We are, of course, in the Element Wealth Studios. I'll pay five bucks a gallon before driving a battery car. You're too soft on her! Honestly, that's ridiculous. Uh, I I don't... I, I don't treat guests in a soft or hard way. That's not what my role is here. I don't see it as my role. I simply try to ask questions that provide information to the audience. It's, it's, it's not my job. I'm not in competition with a guest. I, I don't treat anybody that way. If I do, that's on me. I, my apologies. So, and I get this a lot. Ronnie, you know this. We get this a lot. You're too easy on them. What does that mean? This is a person involved in a business trying to generate economic activity and service a market and demand in the market. You may not like electric vehicles, that's fine. Don't buy one then. But, (laughs) good grief. uh, Anybody that comes in here, anybody we talk to, whatever it is they're representing, in this case, representing a private business, I think it's appropriate for them to talk about that business. And in particular, the benefits of whatever products and services they're selling. And I thought, Miss Martin did a great job of that.
3: The texture continues. Both sides talk a lot of crap, but when someone's in front of them, they don't ask tough questions. What tough questions would you want, Gerard, to ask <laughs> the general manager of a Tesla showroom when the problem we have with the credits for EVs is with the Democrat idiots that put it up that are
2: lawmakers, that are elected officials? And good grief, how many times have I pounced on that? It's
3: not like the general manager of the local sales room or showroom floor had anything to do with passing that legislation that we're upset with.
2: Exactly right. That's a, And that, by the way, is a completely separate matter than this evolution of electric vehicles. So It's a totally separate matter. Elon Musk didn't, didn't found Tesla and start producing electric vehicles because of anything from the government, honestly. It was just a vision he had. And she's so right. If you've ever been in one of those, they're a computer on wheels.
3: That's all they are. Hey, he, all and the top of the line Tesla has the fastest 0 to 60 time of production model vehicle.
2: Right. And I'm not trying to do a Tesla commercial here. It's, it's not about that. That's what Ms. Martin did. And I thought she did a fantastic job of it. But why would, we want to, why would we want to dismiss or impair or impede any innovation? I mean, people get
3: excited when you get a new tourist attraction, when you get a new ball field complex, when you get a new museum opening, because it brings people in from the surrounding states. And
2: you heard her say it. Hey, our customers are regional. I, I think it's fantastic that we have uh, the showroom, as it is referred to, here in Mississippi, and we're attracting customers from other states. What do you want to bet that other businesses benefit when they travel into this state? Right? To make their purchase, et cetera? I just think it's all good. If it's not for you, fine, don't buy it. But I think you'd have to be living in a cave if you don't see that every major manufacturer, not even the major, the minor ones, too, every manufacturer of vehicles on the planet. Yeah,
3: that's going to be something to watch is a bubble of vaporware EVs. No doubt.
2: You're going to have a whole bunch of people that get burned. There's no doubt. But we're within five years of seeing Apple's EV. No doubt about it. And one of the issues I have with the law, the present law in Mississippi is, Apple's not going to sell those through brick-and-mortar facilities located within the states. They're not going to do it. And you say, well, then they're not going to sell it. Yeah, they will. (laughs) They'll sell some. You think they're they're the most valuable company in the world because they don't know what they're doing? No, they know what they're doing. No doubt about it. Now, I'm not saying they're going to take over the auto industry. But they're going to make a run at it, and they'll likely succeed at it. And they're just one. There are a number of others, as you know. Rivian, of course, which is owned by Amazon. Losing money right now. They've never made a dime. But it's coming. I know you may not like it, but good grief. Have you seen GM's announcements, Ford's announcements, Volvo's announcements, Nissan's announcements? They're, they're dumping 500 million bucks in the Nissan plant a few miles north of here specifically for that to build EVs they could have done that elsewhere by the way and if they'd done it in another plant other than the one in Canton good chance that one was gonna shut down because they're phasing that out I'm just a messenger here it's not a matter of whether or not I like this or don't like it I'm just trying to pass on wake up this is what's happening Ford says they got a they got back orders for two hundred thousand of the lightning. Two Can't make them fast enough. Somebody's buying them. We'll be right back. We got the news coming your way.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
18: I'm Kathleen Maloney, a call for revived talks between Russia and Ukraine from UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres during a visit to Odessa, Ukraine.
7: The Ukrainian people has been suffering so much. We have witnessed so many deaths, so many destruction that it is legitimate to aspire for peace. Meanwhile, the
18: president of France has expressed concerns to Russian President Putin about fighting near a nuclear plant in southeast Ukraine. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg has issued a written warning to 10 major airlines concerning flight disruptions.
13: The letter urges carriers to ensure they guarantee adequate amenities and services to help passengers with expenses and inconveniences due to delays and cancellations.
18: Fox's Jared Halpern. America is listening to Fox News.
13: When you choose Rotorooter, you'll get honest estimates and no hassle guarantees so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind.
3: We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night,
13: holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original roto 601 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call roto that's the
19: name. Got a wink down the drain. roto
4: Are you a small business owner and run a small business or aspiring to be a small business owner? If so, then don't miss Collab South for a full day of panels and breakout sessions and roundtable discussions, plus special guest speaker, Secretary of State Michael Watson. Collab South gives you access to business information right here in Mississippi. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other like-minded business owners. This one-day event will be held at the Country Club of Jackson, August the 26th from 8 to 5 p.m. Tickets can be purchased at southernbusinessinstitute.com. Space is limited, so act now and purchase your tickets today at southernbusinessinstitute.com. I'm Kelly. Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Republicans
15: are encouraged with the results in GOP primaries, but during a visit to the coast, Senators Roger Wicker and Cindy Hyde Smith warned voters the battle isn't over yet. Mississippi GOP Chair Frank Bordeaux worries about voter complacency.
16: It seems as though voters across the nation on the Republican side feel like the red wave is inevitable. I think that if we're going to have, truly have a red wave, we need to get all our Republican voters out to vote.
15: The RNC is outraising the DNC, but Republican candidates are getting out by Democratic candidates.
16: Our candidates have to get out there and and work harder, and uh, the RNC, our chairwoman, has made that very clear. Uh, None of our uh, 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 candidates across the country can be complacent. The midterms are less than 90 days
20: away. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed.
21: Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact
8: the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us.
12: mississippiable.com
15: the mississippi aquarium on the coast is now home to an endangered kemp's ridley sea turtle now we do a lot of kemp's
0: ridley sea turtle conservation here at mississippi aquarium because the kemp's ridley is native to the mississippi sound gulf of mexico
15: jeff clark told us that unlike the 70 or so kemp's ridley sea turtles they've been able to release back into the gulf this one can't be rehabilitated so it'll be on permanent display
0: she does not have a name yet. We are going to launch a social media contest on Monday on our Facebook and allow our followers to, to chime in and help us select a name. Because everyone here thinks they, that they have the best idea, so uh, each department's gonna submit a name. And we're gonna take those names and put them on social media and allow our followers to, to vote on which one they like best. You
15: can see the turtle in the Aquatic Wonders exhibit when you visit the Mississippi Aquarium.
18: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here
17: on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson. And now... And now... Another hour of the talk that
0: keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your
11: transition now.
0: Now on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Middays, hour two of the program, Super Talk Mississippi, live from the Element Wealth Studios. Joining us now on the line, Dr. Kelly Leach, the Chief of Pediatrics at Batson's Hospital, also works with the Ole Miss School of Business. Dr. Leach, thanks for coming on Middays.
14: Thanks very much for having me, Gerard. I'm excited to chat with you.
2: Absolutely. So uh, tell us about this uh, innovation, healthcare innovation event you guys had this past Tuesday, right?
14: Yeah. It was a fabulous event. It was uh, an opportunity to bring people together who have different perspectives, so individuals from the business community, people who are health care providers, whether that be nurses, docs, physiotherapists, and policymakers. Yeah, to have a discussion about the best way forward for patient care.
2: Right. Well, i got to tell you, just my perspective, and then I'll, I'll be quiet and let you, you react. I have felt for some time that, uh, of course, health care and the healthcare economy, what's described uh, with the acronym HCA, as you well know, represents 15-16% of the total GDP in this country, about $3.4 trillion. I've always felt that when we, when we hear the average American talk about, wow, the rising cost of care, the rising cost of care, it's, it, premiums go up on insurance, out-of-pocket cost. As well, uh, just in general, they're astonished when they get these bills uh, from, from patient care, from uh, health care services. And, and something that's always, I've always thought it's occurred to me, Dr. Leach, is that the good news is we keep inventing more care. We come up with more, more treatments, more drugs, more procedures, new novel approaches to, to cure disease to, and to just improve health outcomes. The downside of that is we all want it, and it costs money. And I've always felt that the, the approach and the proper and most effective way to um, develop and introduce these new approaches with respect to consumption and delivery of care, to, to do that at a cost effective, on a cost-effective basis is through innovation. And that requires, I think, the group of people or representatives from the various groups that you had at this event.
14: Well, I uh, I agree with you. We need to be innovative and think of new approaches to diminish that enormous economic burden on people here in the state of Mississippi and on Americans overall, because the cost of health care continues to escalate. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I always talk to my father before I participate in these kind of events. I asked him his perspective, and he said, you know, we need to prepare now for the future because these costs are getting so out of control. We need to figure out processes to dial them back. And You know, this conference, I view, is a a win-win. It provides entrepreneurial opportunities in healthcare and and in health to help transform the state's economy, hopefully uh, create some new jobs and some new opportunities, but at the same time, use those ideas, whether they be in a process or technology, to improve patient care and hopefully decrease the cost of it make it more efficient, Um, so... You and I are on the same page on that one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I think, and the reason I point that out, Doctor Leach, is is because I think typically the, the the default jump is always to insurance companies and the carriers, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not defending them or or I'm not a spokesperson for them, but I've always felt like, well, yeah, that's that's a factor and that's an issue, but the bottom line is, uh, they're being compelled to uh, change their coverage models to cover more care, and that's a good thing. We keep producing and inventing uh, new cures, new new pharmaceuticals, and and just everything involved in delivery of health care, but that costs money, and so everybody wants that covered, and everybody wants access to that care, and rightfully so, and we want them to have access to it, but we've got to come up with with something that moves the needle, and I think that's got to come from innovation from the industry. Uh, that just also helps to, to rein in the costs.
14: Yeah, like one of our, our sessions at the at the uh, Innovation Conference was the future of technology and healthcare delivery. Do we actually need physicians? Right. And it was a healthy debate. We had some engineers uh, from Mississippi State there, and one of them was like, no, you don't need a doctor at all. <laughs> we can figure this out with an app. And I <laughs> But I think most people think that there's an opportunity for technology to play a a substantive role, but at the same time there needs to be oversight. Yeah, Um, and that's a bit of a a to and fro. We need to both need to be involved. We need these advances, and your your points well taken about the insurance companies then having to figure out a way to um, have them financed. Right. But at the same time, I'm hopeful that these technologies will diminish the the cost to patients. Right because they can apply some of them themselves, or it makes a, 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 a health care experience more efficient.
8: Totally
14: One agree. of the other things we touched on at the, uh, the Health Innovation Conference was health, as opposed to health care that you already are ill or sick and need care, maybe focusing on preventative health making sure that mississippians are well-educated on how they can be healthier so they actually don't need to use the services at a hospital and that that may be also a very va- those may be valuable tools valuable apps for people to have so they can take better care of themselves and their families
2: it's a huge deal in our state is it not dr leach i mean i hear friends of mine just anecdotally who are physicians that they talk about that regularly that much of of what they treat was totally preventable with just good personal practices.
14: Yeah, like the the number one preventable item for a child, I'm a pediatric orthopedic surgeon, is a preventable injury. Making sure a child wears a helmet when they're riding their bike or making sure they have the right protective equipment when they participate in a sport. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes to an adults, and even some children in the state of Mississippi, uh, obesity is a real issue. And that drives diabetes and coronary artery disease. These are things that just simple nutrition and a a healthy lifestyle of exercising three times a week can make a big difference. And, you know, we see all the time these new um, wearables coming out that are pushing people to almost using gamifying to push people to create the right behaviors. Well, again, that was something we spoke about at the at the conference, sort of that design thinking to transform consumer patient experiences, but also design thinking to transform how patients behave, and encouraging people to uh, be engaged in a healthy lifestyle as opposed to having to participate in health care.
2: Yeah. And private uh, organizations, private companies, uh, can can kind of move that needle as well. I know in my company, we, we had some apps we used where we would divide into teams, and, and mm-hmm. we had people all over the country. We'd divide into teams, and, and the apps would, would track your movements and your steps and so forth, and, and we would give awards to the team who, who scored the highest on the app, and it was all about just, just trying to, to exercise.
14: Yeah, exactly. Like competition is a healthy thing when it's getting people up and motivated. And uh, I think a number of our of uh, the people that presented at our, our conference, we we had a great for good fortune of having some outstanding speakers, Dr. Ladonna Nothington who's a, a nurse educator, and Dr. Richard Sumners, who's um, is moving on to. Um, a health innovation initiative for the state of mississippi yep. you know these folks had great ideas and i'm hopeful going forward we'll be able to get a broader breadth of um... people from the community to participate in our what i hope will be an annual conference
2: what's the connection to the old miss b school i'm an alumnus <laughs>
14: <laughs> well um, this was actually a, a symposium an initiative of the Old Miss Business School. Okay. Um, I have the good fortune of working at the Children's Hospital, but I'm also a, a cross-appointed professor to the business school. Okay. And so this was an initiative that myself and my colleague, the Associate Dean Paul Johnson, yeah. had thought of, and we thought bringing together people with different perspectives to find better solutions for patient care would be a great idea. We have a new series of courses in health at the business school, and this will be the culmination annually now for our students. We have 40 students participating in a a health business program, and we want to make sure our students have this opportunity to uh, be involved in the innovation conference, and part of it was a hackathon, so, you know, put their ideas together and pitch their business so that they can have an opportunity in the future to maybe have some... Uh, venture capital funding sure. and, and move forward with a great idea.
2: I think it's a fantastic idea, and, and I think that uh, just recognizing that there is uh, in intersection and there's overlap, there's the economic aspect of healthcare, care, and of course there's the clinical aspect of healthcare. care, and, and when we kind of operate in vacuums and, and really don't, I guess, uh, have any sort of synergy going on there, I, I don't think we're reaching our maximum potential in trying to address these issues.
14: Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, again, to go back to our conference, we were very fortunate. We had people who have been patients. Yep. Uh, a good friend of mine, Julie Kelly, came and shared her story. And then fabulous physicians like Dr. Scott Rogers, who's awesome. uh, now, uh, he's, a, he's in the mental health field that was just outstanding and sort of outlining how we bring patients to the table, but also... Businesses, policymakers, makers, others to the table to make sure we get this, some good solutions. I think it's a great you know, idea. It's a, pro, it's a work in progress. We just started. We were about keep 100 going. people this time, and I'm hopeful next year we'll, we'll grow to be at least double, if not triple, that size.
2: Uh, keep going. I think it's a great idea. Thank you, Dr. Kelly Thank Leach. You for Thanks for coming me. on. You bet. Middays, we'll step aside for a break. We'll come right back.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, partly sunny, high near 86. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 88. And a look to Sunday, showers and thunderstorms likely, mostly cloudy, high near 87. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
0: This is Dave Logan with Canon Nissan and Jackson. What's
11: new, Dave?
0: New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats Canon deal. Nobody.
4: The best made-to-order lunch at Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
18: How can R.J. Young help you?
12: With a special invitation to join us weekday mornings 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking.
11: We're rolling. Hit it, go. Play it.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, super top Mississippi. We thank you so much for joining us. I'm watching a video right now, Rhino, on the business channel that shows a mob basically ransacking a 7 Eleven in Los Angeles. I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this is like 30 people gathered around the counter. And, and it's video, of course, all over the 7 Eleven and they're around the counter and now there's a shot looking down the aisles and they're just helping themselves.
3: Yeah, it was a Los Angeles 7-Eleven and there was what they're... I saw initial reports using the term flash mob but generally a flash mob is an organized group of people that are designated to meet at a single location for something positive. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's... It's a whole bunch of them. It's a lot more than 30, 40. It's, yeah, you're right. I'd say right. over 100.
2: The first uh, scene uh, on the show looked like 30 or 40, but it was just a view from like behind the counter, looking down on the counter. But you're right, as they panned across the store and then out in the parking lot. You see how many are gathered oh, yeah. around the It's There's like 100 of them. You're stealing. You're taking other people's stuff. It's immoral. What the hell's wrong with people in this country? It's ridiculous.
3: Was the uh the saying spare the rod, spoil the child? Yes so. So what's happening here? Even if you don't want to use a real physical rod, even the metaphorical rod of punishment Something. seems to be spared
2: at this point. I agree. It's just unbelievable. This is this ought to be a huge issue in the midterms, in my view. And the Democrats will argue against this. But I'm saying that they're largely responsible for it. It, it Again, the, the inflection point in this country was the George Floyd incident. And it's and it, as if, after that, we not only condoned crime, we excused it, we sanctioned it, we have a vice president who contributed to a bail fund for and, people... And don't who,
3: you dare leave your home because the, the, the vid's going to get you, unless... You're going to protest. That's okay. That's, right. that's better than, than lockdown.
2: Well, even the CDC, right? That's oh, right. yeah. That's, your, that's what you're talking about. They had some goofy statement where they said that it was justified for that cause. It's okay to let them out, for them to go out, and be shoulder to shoulder while they're burning down buildings and pillaging. That's fine. Oh, but you went to a Trump rally? Oh, how about you went to the beach in Florida? Remember that craziness where they just jumped all over DeSantis? He opened the beaches up. They're all going to die.
3: Whereas out in California, they were filling in concrete skate parts with sand to keep you from being outside. Uh, and you had the lawyer show up in the
2: death costume. They're all going to die. That's exactly right. And there, of course, every community in this country... Is having difficulty filling their ranks with police officers, law enforcement. Every one of them. Can't get anybody. Well, because you vilified and demonized them. And not to mention, they're at such risk. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I ought to arrest this person. I don't know for pillaging this store here or beating up this person. Heck, I might be on the national news as racist. Seriously. For thirty five grand a year. I don't blame them. But that's what's happened. And again, it's it's the old thing we've talked about so many times. It's nuance. That doesn't mean 100% of the people in law enforcement are honest, good people. No, they're not in any profession. But the vast majority, overwhelming number of them are. And until we acknowledge and recognize that and don't associate an entire group with one idiot, who would want to be in any profession that you're in? Think of it—they're they're bad people. They just are. But if we've gotten into this Marxist grouping crap, which is what's going on here, where hey, you're guilty just because you're in the same the same profession that that person is. Every police officer is Derek Chauvin, right? Kids are taught. Oh, you're white? Well, sorry, you're an oppressor. Why? Because white people held slaves 150 years ago. Oh, I mean, that's true. So what's happening. So certain states saw fit to pass laws. We did here in Mississippi. That essentially prohibits that. Other states encourage it, sanction it. And that's just one of a gazillion examples, honestly. Private sector, too. I know, I'm, I'm digressing on Iran here, but seeing that video, that's just, that shouldn't happen in this country. It just shouldn't happen.
3: It seems to happen at least once a week, sometimes multiple times a week, and usually in California. Right. Just well, not quite on that scale. Right, that's right. There have you- been smashing grabs all up and down
2: the West Coast. California seems to be ground zero for it. I would agree. And, of course, you've got Gascon and these other social justice, Marxist DAs. I'm not calling him a woke DA anymore. I told you I'm writing that word off. He's Marxist. He literally thinks what he's doing is noble. Noble. He doesn't care about criminals. He doesn't care about victims. Hell, he makes the victims be the criminal. We're moving to a point in this country where we're, we're decriminalizing crime and we're diminishing the nobility of work. And I, I think about, well, if I'm operating a 7-Eleven and I don't know if they're all franchise or all corporate-owned or combination of the two, how the heck do you get people to go to work in a place like that after seeing that? You pretty much got to shut it down. Like some of the Starbucks in California. Yeah, even he came out. Schultz came out and said, we can't operate these stores anymore. There's no law and order. Duh! It's
3: kind of hard to run a business when you got homeless people shooting up heroin in the
2: bathroom and leaving blood and needles everywhere. And certainly he was one of the outspoken business leaders in the wake of the George Floyd incident, gave money to BLM and all that crap and had all kinds of tropes published about it. And now, all of a sudden, hey, we, this is kind of hurting our business here. Duh! But, look, you got to take your hat off to him. If he's truly, honestly, genuinely changed his attitude, okay, welcome. I, I think that's the way we got to approach it. I really do. I mean, it, it doesn't do any good to say we told you so indefinitely. Uh, but, you know, okay, good, Mr. Schultz. Th- this is what our concerns were. Sounds like that you now see that. Welcome. Help us. That's the way I think we ought to approach it. Seriously. Mm. Unbelievable. Ben from Madison says, Would it be more surprising to see Republicans take the Senate or Dems keep the House? Uh, It's equal. That's a tough one there, Ben. I I don't know at this point. Uh, how to answer I would that was It's
3: more surprising Democrats keep the House.
2: I think that's probably because of true. The way
3: House elections go, and the localized population that can be focused on by the the candidate compared to Senate elections or statewide, it's really more down to you got to have a good candidate because you can only spend so much time campaigning.
2: You're exactly right. I think the quality of the candidate and the broad appeal of the candidate is clearly a bigger factor in a statewide race, such as the case with Senate, U.S. Senate, than in a district. I, I, because districts can be adjacent to each other within a state and, and be totally different in terms of constituent preferences. Right. But when you get across a whole state, the, the key there is you've got to win the majority. Right. So across the broad state. I don't know what the population of Pennsylvania is, probably 10, 12 million, something like that. I think Michigan's 10, if I recall. But I, I, I'm saying that because I think Mehmet Oz is a deeply flawed candidate, and we need him to win just to keep the Senate. He would be replacing an existing Republican in the Senate, Senator Pat Toomey, whom I think is great. Um, he. Ways and Means Committee, I think, but he's he's just got such good common sense about economics and economic policy. But Oz is a flawed candidate. Yeah, you you have to be flawed to be this neck and neck with Fetterman. Who's terrible, and now I think recent polls show leaning to Fetterman. Who's terrible. Terrible. But Moz is terrible. Ah, excuse me, is terrible. Memet Oz. We, uh, when we come back, I'll share with you a video he produced. I don't know if we have the video, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that video, which immediately caused donors to fill the coffers of his opponent after that video aired. It's unbelievable. That's just, I think, goes to show you what a terrible candidate he is. We've also got a calculator that uh, shows the, the uh, comparison of the cost of operating a traditional gas versus an EV. And we'll share some results on that. I did some entries there. When we come back on Middays
4: in the Element Elementwell Studios. Hey, This is Bob. And if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
9: For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks. They're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass. And there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops. Or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size and installed, picture frame glass, tables, desktops, insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass, they'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass, open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at VenableGlass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services, 601-605-4443.
12: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Hit the road
9: in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven. Plus, an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Going on now. Manufacturer's suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability made or
19: exceed dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends 9:30.
15: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Republicans are encouraged with the results in GOP primaries, but during a visit to the coast, Senators Roger Wicker and Cindy Hydesmith warned voters the battle isn't over yet. Mississippi GOP Chair Frank Bordeaux worries about voter complacency.
16: It seems as though voters across the nation on the Republican side feel like the red wave is inevitable. I think that if we're going to truly have a red wave, we need to get all our Republican voters out to vote.
15: The RNC is outraising the DNC, but Republican candidates are getting out by Democratic candidates.
16: Our candidates have to get out there and and work harder, and uh, the RNC, our chairwoman, has made that very clear, Uh, none of our uh, 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 candidates across the country can be complacent. The midterms are less than 90
15: days away.
3: The Mississippi Health Care Alliance urges you to call 911 at the onset of symptoms
19: of a stroke or heart attack.
12: As soon as paramedics arrive, they perform an ECG, start an IV, and administer medications to stabilize your heart.
6: If you're having a stroke, paramedics provide stabilizing treatment and know which hospitals are best prepared to manage your type of
12: stroke. In both cases, paramedics call ahead so emergency, cardiac care, or stroke teams will be ready when you arrive.
7: Every second counts.
12: Dial 911 for heart attack or stroke.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Like Jeff on the C Spire text line, 601 879 4395, says Hey, Gerard, no, you've always done an excellent job on any issue at giving both sides a chance to voice their situation. And in this case, it's about educating the consumer about EVs for a purchase in the future. It's about the consumer having freedom of choice to make a decision on what's best for them. What I don't like, and I know you don't either, is where the government tries to force something down your throat and not giving you an option to make a fair choice. I appreciate that, Jeff, and that's that's right. Uh, you know, I I don't have any issue with with EVs, and and a lot. It, it's become kind of a a, a polarizing issue, and, and people get very passionate, and and it does feel like yeah, the government is forcing this on it because they talk about it all the time, right? We have what was a goofy. Um, Senator or member of the House talking about traveling from Michigan. Was it Stabenow that did that? Senator Stabenow traveling to yep, yeah, D.C. and said, oh, "I didn't have to stop one time, you know, to fill up my eighty thousand dollar vehicle. I just charged it up." And it's and it's just that that just sanctimonious pomposity that they throw at you. Just leave it alone. Let people make their mind up. There's, there are great companies that are, that are producing fantastic innovations in vehicle technology, including electric vehicles. Get out of the way. But no, they're bound and determined. Is the government to force it on you? So I'm with you on that, Jeff. It's the same thing with the credits. I've blasted the credits. It's just corporate welfare. Let's call it what it is. Who the heck wouldn't like to be in the business where they're selling a private... Uh, selling a product or a service, where the government helps the consumers pay for it—that's crazy. And that's exactly what this is. And then you may have heard us talking earlier in the week when, best I can tell from reviewing the bill, the idea there is for the credits to be issued at the point of purchase by the dealers. So these are these are tax credits that would be applied as a discount to the purchase at the time of purchase. And because they are based on the value of the vehicle and also, as we talked about yesterday, the um, 40% of the minerals used in the production of the vehicle have to either come from this country or favored nations. Well, China's not in that category, and they're presently own 70% of the battery industry. So, there is there are issues with vehicles that aren't gonna qualify right now because of some of these stipulations. That's an issue. And
3: my prediction on the point of sale tax credits is the dealerships are just gonna give you the biggest tax credit they can give you. You take it up with Uncle Sam whether or not you've got too
2: much. It could be. I self-certify that this is my income. I mean, I don't, honestly, so all the reports I read about that feature of the bill, that provision of the bill, is that the rules, of course, have yet to be promulgated. But you think about involving a car dealer, not just running a credit report, which is what they do now for finance purposes, which is completely automated. That's gotten real simple and, uh, and requires very little human intervention, honestly. You, you sign off and agree to have your credit report run. They get your social security number, type it in, boom, two seconds later, there it is. And by the way, it not only provides your, your credit score, the system will say, this is what your monthly costs are based on your credit score, based on the amount you're financing, based on the interest rate that we can, can give you based on your credit score. I mean, it's completely automated. Which is a good thing. So, but now you're figuring in, so that's information that is available from the credit bureaus, and anytime you apply for and and take out credit, be it a credit card, a mortgage, a chattel mortgage such as financing for a vehicle, anything of the sort, revolving credit, um, all of that, you agree when you sign those contracts, okay, they're going to send my info to the credit bureau. If you say no, well then you don't get the credit. Simple as that. So, And the point I'm trying to make is that's all widely available information. But now you're talking about your income from your tax returns. So you wonder, are you going to have to show up with your tax return to the dealer? And you heard Ms. Martin talking about it earlier. They're trying to automate lots of the purchase process. Geez, are you going to have to somehow provide your Social Security number, which is going to go out and check your tax return at, um, at the IRS systems to determine your eligibility for the credits. You can just see how crazy convoluted all that's going to get. Even worse when you think about retailers of hot water heaters and heat pumps and appliances and solar panels and all that sort of stuff, because the same's going to apply there. And best I can tell from the bill, that's going to be administered by the states. States will receive some sort of block grants, it appears to me, uh, for those programs, and they'll administer that with the retailers. So... We're just com- we're complicating things, and we're opening up more opportunity for fraud and abuse and waste. No doubt about it. Everywhere you know there's big government programs like that, of course that always, it's a tag-along, it's a given. There will be waste, fraud, and abuse. It's not my money, it's the government's, right? That's what the crooks think. So, uh, so I oppose all that. But I don't oppose the development of electric vehicles, and I don't necessarily oppose uh, being a consumer of one. Not there yet, but I'm, I'm going to be. I, I feel like it. I think we're all going to be eventually compelled to do it. not going to happen next year, but next 12, 10, 12 years, what's the goal? 50% or something? Something like that. Uh, by 2030 of all the vehicles on the road, or maybe it's new vehicles sold, I think that's the goal, will be EVs. And you can't, if you pay attention to the industry, every single day there's a a new announcement from a manufacturer in the automobile industry about their investment in EVs, something. It's, It's batteries, it's a new factory, it's retrofitting, repurposing an existing factory, announcement of new vehicles. It doesn't even have to be the automotive
3: industry. There are what's the think tanks and, and research groups that are actively looking into new and innovative battery technologies, like, for example, the one that I'm most excited about is nuclear diamond batteries, which basically utilizes the graphite from spent fuel rods at nuclear facilities to create... Scalable double A size batteries that can theoretically run for 28,000
2: years. Unbelievable. So, I, you know, I stand by my belief that humans are incredibly innovative. Obviously, look at where we are today versus where we were a few hundred years ago. Hell, five years ago for that matter. And all of, these, all of these objections, all of these concerns are all valid that people talk about just with respect in the context of EVs. But what they don't consider is smart people out there solving all these problems and and we normal mortals think about hey this is the best i have today to address an issue rather than hmm how can we do that better and guess what happens with respect to the people who who figure out how to do it better and i know i'm beating this horse to death but it's the truth and it des- and it and it deserves being repeated which is they get rich off of it that's how it works because they've solved some problem they've used their god-given talents and often have taken risk, and others along for the ride, and they've produced something of enormous value for society, and they got rich off of it! It's capitalism! You know, one of the major objections I have to this stupid inflation reduction act, there's not one centella of language, not one shred of anything related to pro-growth. It's just, how can we chop the pie up more? We're going to take some from them and put it out this door to them. It's nothing about pro-growth. Nothing. Nothing to encourage growth. Nothing to incentivize growth. They don't even think about that. They're masters of re-chopping the pie. Redistributing the pie. That's what they do. It's just one big apparatus for just changing things up, moving it around, playing shell games with it. Nothing about creating more. They never talk about that. Because you know why? People might get rich if they did that. We can't have that happen. Unbelievable. How can they be so oblivious? Time for a break on Middays. We'll come right back. Stay with us.
5: This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
10: I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. We've got hand-washing stations with soap, paper towels, and water, and we've also got hand sanitizers to rent or sell. Please give us a call, 601-879-3969.
8: This is Brent Calloway. Since 1954, Calloway's has been family-owned and operated. Located in Glutstadt, south of Germantown High, Callaways has a large selection of all your favorite trees and shrubs, all on sale now. Calloway's has large rolls of pine straw, and we're offering quantity pricing. Callaways outdoor patio furniture is in stock and ready for delivery, all 25 to 50% off, and for a limited time, free delivery in the metro area. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaways has farm-fresh produce seven days a week. Did you know Callaways has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoor and outdoor living spaces? Callaways has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaways landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Callaway's Gludstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Callaway's is
18: everything for home and garden.
11: That's what is. Call-
20: Hi, my name is Jason Murta, and I'm a realtor at Full Corner Properties. We specialize in recreational, agricultural, hunting, and timberland, as well as 1031 exchanges, investment properties, commercial and residential homes. Right now, one of the top investments is real estate. So give me a call today and I will help you find that perfect piece of property or your next dream home at 769-666-9815 or 601-952-2828 and ask for Jason.
7: This is a midday agri-market report. The U.S. Agency for International Development is spending more than $68 million to purchase and ship Ukrainian grain in the largest such export deal since Russia's invasion this year and the start of July agreement to allow for renewed shipments from Ukraine's Black Sea ports. The USA International Development is... Providing the funds to the World Food Program, the United Nations agency that historically gets the biggest part of its grain from Ukraine, to purchase, ship, and store up to 150,000 metric tons of wheat. While the additional wheat will be used to help feed people in countries facing severe hunger and malnutrition, much more is needed to help the world recover from the global devastation caused by the brutal war by russia in the ukraine the u.s so far has provided 4.8 billion dollars to the world food program this year i'm dixon williams this is super talk mississippi Agrinews network this is jake mangum some call me the mayor no player wins any game by themselves
21: it takes a team so if you want excellent customer service and competitive insurance rates you need to go with the home team mississippi farm bureau just like i did Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Hey, Lucky Buck here. It's
3: time to have more fun, more often. That's right, my little buckaroos. The Mississippi Lottery will begin drawing cash three and cash four twice a day. But wait, there's more. Add the fireball feature and you can increase your winnings and increase your odds of winning. More times to play cash three and cash four. More ways to win with fireball. Ah, sounds like a winner to me. Have
12: fun, y'all. Gambling prom, Call 1-800-522-4700.
10: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3.
0: It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbett. Come on. Let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Super Talk Mississippi midday's back with you in the Element Well Studios. So we've got uh, we got a clip we're going to play here in a second for you. Uh, oh, we can go ahead and play it now. So this is this is uh, John Fetterman, right? Is his name? And this is the Democrat candidate for the U.S. Senate. In the great state of Pennsylvania, he's the one who's going to face Dr. Mehmet Oz, the Republican candidate in the general election. He was once the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. This is him speaking a couple of days ago.
4: And you can count on us to eliminate the filibuster if you come out and step with us. We will be able to stand with you in DC. I gave away the lieutenant governor governor in Pennsylvania, the only lieutenant governor in the history to do that. And let's let's get some stuff done for America. Who would ever think that I would be the normal the normal one in the race here, you know, like that?
2: I gave away the lieutenant governor. Now
3: let's get some stuff done yeah.
2: for America. He's got another video where he he is he's right in there with the squad in terms of his leftist positions.
3: Oh yeah, he's fully on board with uh, legalizing heroin, giving away needles, that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like that far
2: left. So, we should in fairness point out that he did recently suffer a stroke. And so, I think... That's um, somewhat at play here with respect to his speech, and and his confusion in his uh, language. There, I gave away the lieutenant governor. I mean, that I don't know what that was supposed to mean, but nonetheless, he's I mean, a far even, left loon.
3: Not even talking about his cadence, just talking about
2: his policies. The dude's a wacko. He's wacko. He's six foot eight, bald headed, goateed. Just from a, a personal description there often wears a black hoodie. You ever seen that? Uh, and he was in the hospital, and there was some thinking that he might back out. But I think he communicated, if I'm not mistaken, through his wife, some someone close to him. I want to say his wife. That, no, I'm in, going to be back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the polls presently show, we're talking about real cl- clear politics, which is an average of a number of polls, that... He's leading Mehmet Oz by 8.7%. Now, Mehmet Oz, he goes to the grocery store to produce a video thinking this would be an effective campaign tactic. He goes to the grocery store and...
3: bit of advice for any politician or someone running a political campaign... Doing the everyman (laughs) glimpse into my life just looks fake because people don't have cameras following them around when they're barbecuing Uh, or
2: at the grocery store. It's it's Liz Warren and uh, hey, hon, how about a beer, crap, right? Like in your kitchen, there's a camera. Thanks for coming.
3: It's his kitchen.
2: (laughs) You share
5: it.
3: You're a married
2: couple. So (laughs) that's right. Thanks for coming. So anyhow, Oz goes to a very popular grocery store chain, one of the stores up in his native Pennsylvania, called Wegmans, very popular in uh, that part of the country, on the eastern seaboard. And so the camera's rolling, and he's he's making this video, and he calls it Wegner's. (laughs) <laughs> Wagner's, maybe it's Wagner's. Yeah, he gets the name wrong. That's the first mistake. And then he starts discussing that um, his wife he shares says that she has a um, a craving for a crudité. <laughs> Sends him to the grocery store. To buy the ingredients, which are vegetables. And, Carrots, yeah, celery. He, he picks up <laughs> he picks up a bunch of broccoli. Is that what you call it? a broccoli when it's taped up? You know what I'm talking about? Don't they sell it by the bunch or something like that? I don't know what the measurement I just is. just call it broccoli. Broccoli. But he picks it up and says, look at this broccoli. <laughs> He's... I'm getting the ingredients for crudité. Oh, that really identifies with the average person there. So, look, folks. After he aired that video, this goofy Fetterman who we just played, he raised half a million dollars in a few hours off of that. True story. Who signed off on that? Who's running this guy's campaign? He's running for Senate in a major U.S. state in one of the most contested, valuable seats ever in the country, and he makes a video about buying vegetables for crudité while mispronouncing the name of the grocery store. That's why we're going to lose the Senate. <laughs> we'll take a break right here. Def Leppard bumping us out. we got the news coming your way another hour after that. Stay with us.
18: Kathleen Maloney, a federal judge has given the Justice Department a week to propose redactions for an affidavit leading to the FBI raid on former President Trump's Florida estate. But Republican Senator Chuck Grassley tells Fox he wants everything unsealed.
4: Full transparency is what's really called for in this very extraordinary situation. The Justice
18: Department says releasing the affidavit could compromise its investigation. President Biden is planning a unity summit at the White House next month. It's aimed at fulfilling his campaign promise to heal the soul of the nation.
13: He will host civil rights groups, faith leaders, law enforcement officers, gun violence prevention advocates, and former members of hate groups at the event on September 15th.
18: Fox's Jared Halpern. America is listening to Fox News.
17: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today.
4: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
12: With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving you since 1993.
21: I'm JT Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. For the second time this year, the city of Ridgeland is withholding funds from its public library over LGBTQ books. I just think it's ridiculous that politics gets involved in the books that people read. They need to stay out of our
15: libraries.
21: That was what one Richland resident told WLBT back in January Mayor Gene McGee said the city would not be giving any more money to the library if LGBTQ content or books written by LGBTQ authors were available to readers. A group called Friends to the Ridgeland Library then came together to raise enough money to get the library through October without the city's help. McGee still believes the library and the city can come to an agreement and the music lineup for the 2022 Mississippi State Fair has been announced with headliners and Scotty McCleary as well as Bobby Rush.
19: Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back as Ratchet Entertainment presents Blues Traveler and Government Mule live Saturday, October 22nd. We're
11: when to me this but
19: anyway? Blues Traveler We're with Government, the government the Mule. Plus Bonneville. Tickets on sale now at TwilightMS.com for Government Mule, Blues Traveler, and Bonneville. Brought to you by Southern Beverage, Renaissance, Visit Ridgeland, and Watkins Construction. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group.
21: There seems to be a chance that COVID-19 vaccines may no longer be available to the public for free, Lucas Tomlinson explains. The
15: Biden administration is getting ready to end taxpayer-funded COVID vaccines for millions of Americans. The Wall Street Journal first reported the Department of Health and Human Services will hold a planning session at the end of the month with big drug makers, pharma and health officials. HHS says it will take months to shift payments for COVID vaccines to the commercial market. It's not clear how 30 million people in the United States
21: without health insurance will be covered. Both the Biden and Trump administrations purchased COVID-19 vaccines directly from manufacturers before organizing distribution of the shots nationwide. And speaking of COVID-19, with the latest report from the Department of Health, Mississippi has now surpassed 900,000 total cases since the onset of the pandemic. With Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm JT Mitchell.
10: Here's a novel idea. Pack up the family and head to the Mississippi Book Festival, Saturday, August 20th. Join fellow book lovers from all over as we gather on the grounds of the state capitol to celebrate Mississippi's vibrant literary landscape. Purchase books, discover up-and-coming authors, engage in exciting panel discussions, and more. It's a free literary lawn party for the whole family, and we look forward to seeing you at this year's Mississippi Book Festival. Learn more by visiting our website at msbookfestival.com.
4: My grandson wants to be a carpenter like me someday, but I'm the one learning when he's around. That's because he's part of the career and technical education program at his school. Construction isn't at all what it used to be. It has less to do with hammers and nails and a lot more with 3D imaging and math equations. No wonder they call it technical education. Trade up. Discover the power of career and technical
13: education and start building your career. This message brought to you by the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation. Building tomorrow's workforce today
12: cross be sure to catch sports talk mississippi your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the magnolia state every day from three until six right here on super talk jackson 97.3 and now, and now. the talk
0: that keeps mississippi talking that's what i like to. you're listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
2: Welcome back everyone to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We are live from the Element Wealth Studios, and we're so grateful that you are joining us today. So just to calm it down a little bit, maybe for some entertainment value, <laughs> we have a montage that we shall play featuring the present White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. You know I miss. Jen Saki. Early on, of course, we had fun with her very common daily refrain of, I'll circle back to you. Remember that? <laughs> and she became known as Circle Back Psaki. Honestly, I actually thought she did a pretty decent job. I mean, I, I jump on her some, mainly because it's the policies that she was having to defend. And I know it's their job, but you can just see right through it, like, you know, this is a load of junk. <laughs> But you got to toe the party line because you represent the president. But poor Karine Jean Pierre, she's just incompetent, in my view. And I say that because anytime you see her speaking, and especially if she's being interviewed, like on the Sunday shows, and she gets thrown some rather difficult questions. It just kind of looks like from her body English and facial expression, I really have no idea what I'm talking about here. But there's a particular word that she likes to invoke on a regular basis, and so we found this montage here that uh, I think says it all with respect to that word.
18: So I'll say this: the president has been very clear. You know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear.
7: We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. He's been very clear. There's going to be another pandemic. The president is doing what? The president is. You're, the president is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer.
18: These are items that the president has been <laughs> very clear on. Oh,
7: end of quote. Repeat
18: the line. And so the president has been very clear. The president, the president
7: has, has been, been very, clear. very clear. I was to put him. Uh, foot,
18: foot. Me. The president has been very clear. Why a billion, <laughs> two hundred million, seven hundred seven, 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 seven thirty-seven thousand, seven, seven thirty, seven hundred thirty. Very, very clear.
7: All you got to do is look what that is being played on, played the the this the morning. Look, the, the president,
16: president has been, been very, very clear. clear. But is he going to <laughs> specify exactly?
7: No, before? but he has. So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you, uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway.
2: See, he's been clear! (laughs) Oh, anyway. (laughs) My favorite is when they (laughs) have the two going at the same time. (laughs) Kind of has the stereo effect. Been very clear! And she says it, like, in such a... Trying to be so convincing. Don't you see how clear he's been with that hand roll? (laughs) I believe the word you're looking for is dismissive. Okay, you're right. That is right. Be gone with you, you bug! He's been clear! (laughs) <laughs> oh, gosh! I don't know. Aren't there people better than that in this country that can hold these positions? That's just kind of my main question. So Mehmet Oz goes out chopping for broccoli. <laughs> makes me think of the Dana Carvey character chopping broccoli, <laughs> right the rock star. <laughs> He's out and he holds it up. Look, it's $4 or something.
3: <laughs> I was telling you in the break, the only thing worse than that is when you have a politician standing by a an open grill covered with meat, celebrating some national holiday, and there's not the first whiff of smoke coming from the grill. There are no charcoals in the grill. There's no flame coming up from any gas grill. Yeah. And the meat
2: all looks... Brand spanking new, fresh, and pink. (laughs) I long for the old days when they just have little sausage and cheese trays out there with toothpicks on Here, try this! You know, crackers and stuff. You're right. The meat, it's like blue, right? (laughs) It's not cooked. Oh, gosh. So, talking about these EV tax breaks, again, we had... Ms. Linda Martin, the general manager of the brand-new Tesla showroom, which is uh, open for business in Brandon, Mississippi. And and something else uh, about these EV tax credits. So those have been around for a while, except the uh, the way they were allocated is that once you sold a certain number of vehicles which qualified for and received the credit, the credits were gone. And I want to say it was 200000 is the number that comes to mind. So Tesla, a long time ago, hit that mark, because that's all they make, are electric vehicles. So they hit the 200000 sales mark some time ago, so there have been no credits available. Well, now there are credits available, $7,500 for an SUV or a truck. Uh, as long as its price is below eighty grand, and then uh what is it four thousand dollars I believe for a a car standard car with a price tag below fifty five thousand and there there 's a a structure for used vehicles as well but but there's some other stipulations and requirements, and it has to do with uh, first they 've got to be assembled in north america that 's number one, and the second thing it to qualify for the credit. The second thing is that starting, I believe in 2023, 40% of the battery, the components used in the batteries that go into these vehicles, starting in 2023, uh, must be from nations – there's some description for it where we have a, a favored trade status or something to that effect. And so that's a problem. For China, because I said 70%, I was wrong, it's 80% of the production of these rare earth minerals used in the uh, production of batteries comes from China, 80%. And these are the elements that are critical in producing the, the present technology, EV batteries. So there's been some squawks from the industry about that because of the 72 electric vehicles available in this country today, 70% don't qualify for the credits. Now, it is it is said that that was something that Manchin insisted on. He wanted to see the manu- for him to get on board with the bill, the holdout that he was. He wanted to see the manufacturing occur in this country and he didn't want the minerals used in the production of the batteries to be sourced from China or other nations that are engaged in bad labor practices or bad faith trade practices as well. All right, so by get this by 20, and, it, and it's a phased-in deal. It starts at 40% next year. It phases in until 2029, at which point 100% of the minerals have to be sourced from one of these Actually, uh, 100% in North America. I don't know how we're going to do that. Hmm. So, this is kind of weird. This requirement for the battery components, okay, it, take, it goes into effect in 2024. I said 23. 23 is the assembly. 23, assembly. 24, the battery components. And then it phases in further from that from that point. The idea is to produce every aspect of the vehicle in this country. That's what they're trying to do. That's what they're trying to achieve with this legislation. But think about this, Rhino. How complicated is that going to make doling out these credits at the point of sale? I mean, that means you've literally got to know every single vehicle. That means the manufacturers got to somehow publish and make available the information regarding the assembly and the sourcing of the minerals in the battery. Then the income of the buyer. All that comes together.
3: Pay no attention to the fact that the U.S. only produces 1% of the world's lithium required that's, for these batteries, and the regulations <laughs> to get a lithium mine going in the United States are, shall we say, burdensome. Yeah. So are they going to relax the regulations in the next seven
2: years, or are we just not going to be able to use that credit? So this is what... A person called Jonas Nam, a professor of energy, resources, and environment at Johns Hopkins University, says these timelines are, quote, hugely ambitious, and the bill is, quote, basically setting targets that people may be unable to meet. I think the professors nailed it, is what I think. So the climate activists They're already worried because of these additional requirements on sourcing and manufacturing and assembly and so forth. They're saying they don't think the car makers can hit the requirements, so they ain't happy because it's not going to get all the EVs they want on the road to cut down on the CO2 emissions. Just incredible. What a dang mess. That's what happens when government passes laws where they're, they're trying to essentially toy with human nature in the free market in some effort to achieve some social conscious objective. Just dumb. And I, I see it being a disaster. Luke Bryan bumping us out of this segment here on Middays. We'll take a break and come right back.
5: this hour of middays with gerard gibbert is sponsored by innovative health clinic in ridgeland for personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence erectile dysfunction and neuropathy they help you get your life back hello
16: mississippi this is dr gary jones ceo of vantage health plan back in 1994 i started vantage with a group of local doctors who believe that patient health your health is our top priority that's why vantage makes it easy for you to get the care you need with quality, affordable health insurance that puts you first. I know it's not what you usually expect from a health plan, but now you can.
6: Visit VantageHealthPlan.com for more information. Vantage Health Plan, the freedom to live a healthy life.
21: This is Dave Logan with
0: Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats Canon deal. Nobody.
18: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on ninety-seven point three Super Talk Jackson.
0: Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Supertalk Mississippi.
2: day, Super Top Mississippi. We are appreciative of you joining us today. So, uh, before we move on from the subject of VVS of and I'm talking about that because we got this major legislation just got enacted. It's got these series of credits in it, and of course we had the general manager of the new Tesla dealership showing up here. So lots of folks asked the question and and want to compare the cost of a traditional gas or diesel powered vehicle with an EV. And there there are lots of uh, untruths, shall we say, about that. I think they get spread and get distributed. But you can do the math on it. I mean, it's just a math exercise, honestly. You, you know generally what the price of gas is that you pay for your particular vehicle in your area. You know what your mileage is on your vehicle. And you have to compare that to what the cost of electricity is per kilowatt hour. And all the, all the utility companies, they publish that. I mean, that's not, it's not hidden information. In fact, it may even be on your bill. Um, but, so you you find out what your utility company charges you for electricity, and then you've got to know essentially the operating cost, uh, or not the operating cost, the miles per kilowatt hour. So whereas in the case of a traditional gas vehicle, the metric there is your mileage per gallon, right? How many miles can you go on a gallon, you know what a gallon costs. And, You can extrapolate that. And so you could determine, for example, how many miles can I go on a tank? and What does a tank cost me? Whatever my tank capacity is times the cost per gallon. And you can do the same on an electric vehicle. It's how many miles do you get off a charge and what does it cost to charge the vehicle? And that's determined by the length of time of the charge times the utility rate per kilowatt hour. So anyhow, there, there's some rather creative folks that have come up with calculators that will do that for you. I was doing it by hand several months ago, but I went and looked, right? Oh, heck, there's a gazillion calculators. And I did two, and they came up with the same result. So I just did one, as an example I was going to share with you. And I plugged in $3.75 for local price per gallon. You may have a different price, but I think that's pretty close to what I pay. And then the estimate for the miles per gallon of a gas vehicle, and by the way, this particular tool has got drop-down boxes where you can choose your vehicle, and it's got all that in its database. You can choose your brand, your model, your model year, because that's all, those standards are CAFE standards, right? Those are required to be published by vehicle manufacturers in this country. That's been the standard, the law, for a long time. Everybody's accustomed to that. You go to the lot and you look at the sticker of a new vehicle in big letters, right, big font. It will show the highway and the in-town driving, I believe. And then it'll actually calculate say, this is what it's going to cost you a year based on this sort of average number of miles traveled. Heck, you can even get that when you buy a refrigerator, right? I think it's published on the appliances as well. Oh, yeah, the Energy Star sticker. Okay, yeah. That's been around for a while, and that's nothing new. So, And then I went and looked up what my energy utility company charges per kilowatt hour, Entergy, roughly 11 cents. And so I plugged that in, and then I I plugged in, I just selected, okay, what electric vehicle? You choose an electric vehicle, and it it can, uh, based on that choice, determine the range and therefore about what it costs for a single charge based on the miles that you get out of a charge. So I picked a 2022 Tesla Model 3 Long Range. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but I picked that
3: one. That's towards the top of the economy variant of the Tesla. Okay. Available now. Apparently they're supposed to be coming out with a even more economical Tesla model, but uh, it hasn't made the scene yet, just like the Cybertruck hasn't quite hit the scene yet.
2: Okay. And, and by the way, a similar deal in, in that particular uh, field for entry, there are three drop-down boxes. Uh, same thing, the year, the make, the model. And you just pick. And it looks to me like it's got every electric vehicle available today plugged in the database. So I did that. And then the next obvious question is, because you're, you're trying to compute this for an annual cost basis, is how many miles do you drive? Uh, annually, I just picked 15000 And so the tool calculated that, said, well, your gas would cost about $2,343 a year. Sounds about right. Sounds reasonable. It's a couple hundred bucks a month. I I'd typically use a tank a week. Maybe I get a little more than a, a week. It depends on if I'm traveling. But in town, every 7 to 10 days. It, based on my vehicle <clears throat> excuse me, costs about 85 bucks. So I think that's in, that's in the range of the 250 or so, maybe a little bit more than that. And then the E.V., it says, would cost you 426 dollars a year. So a net savings of uh, 1917 dollars. By the way, Ms. Martin, I did ask her off the air. Maybe she did it on the air I can't remember the cost of a, a public charge 15 bucks. I don't know, I've never done it, but I I figured she would know, uh, given that's a critical, common question, I'm sure. So, I mean, there you go. And, of course, the higher the price of gas is, the more favorable it obviously is for uh, an EV, right? Of course, the price of electricity has trickled up as well. But, and then I think you'd also have to figure in, the other maintenance cost as well. I mean, you know, something that Miss Martin mentioned. I really hadn't given much thought to is she's right. Not many moving parts in those things, so it's not a lot of stuff that can go wrong. Um, you you probably have when you do have an issue, which is pretty rare. More with the electronics and the electronic systems because they're just big computers, and it, those are certainly subject. But computers are pretty dang reliable as far as just hardware failing these days. And of course they are constantly updating, like all your other devices, they're updating software. And they're also talking to the cloud, as well. So you've got that. But, uh, you know, I guess one thing, tires, of course, you've got the maintenance of tires, but no oil changes. Heck, that's gotten pretty expensive if you hadn't done that in a while. So you'd have to factor that in, as well. So, I, I think, probably comes out in favor of the EV, and I think that's just based on the High price of gas uh at a minimum i I would also say though yeah it's that the there's an impractical aspect of that thinking about having to wait fifteen minutes or so for a supercharge, and you can't do that all the time because then the batteries shed their life, so I mean there's just pros and cons there, but anyhow, I just want to share some of that information. To, see what you thought about that, uh, because I know we we get asked that, and um, you may come up with a different result. That's fine. Let us know. and We'll certainly talk about that. Pat Dale from the Delta says, What makes Mehmet Oz a bad candidate other than the goofy videos? Policy or something he did? I honestly haven't followed him much and, and was just curious. I don't know that he's terrible on policy. I've seen him discuss policy positions before. But I would just caution folks to keep in mind that voting is an emotional effort, and it and it people do vote to a great extent emotion. And what I mean by that is it's it's the way a, a person conducts themselves and communicates, and what do they look like physically? It just does all that figures into it. And I don't know he he seems in a state that could go either way that being Pennsylvania, uh, he's just blessed and just knocks you off your feet. Yeah, i got to get in there and vote for that guy. I think that's what I would say. Although, as Rhinos pointed out, and we played the video earlier, Fetterman's wacko, too. And I will say this. I think in Pennsylvania, honestly, Oz was Trump's choice. I think you've probably seen a shift, even though he won the state in 16, it wasn't by much, teeny tiny amount. And folks, if you ever spend any time in Pennsylvania, you know Rhino, Philadelphia and Western Pennsylvania, they don't even seem like they're in the same state. The uh, the eastern part of the state, the western part of the state, are just polar opposite, my view. Some some uh, something similar to. Oregon and Washington. When you get on the eastern side of the Cascades, the mountain range on the coastal mountain range there, that's like a different planet. They're more... The the eastern parts of those states are more akin to, say, Idaho, in my view. So, In fact, there's even been some discussion, you've probably seen it, where they want to become part of Idaho, (laughs) the eastern part of of, uh, Oregon. Anyhow, the scorpions... Bumping us out. We'll come right back. Half an hour left on Middays.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 50-50 shot of rain, partly sunny, high near 86. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny, high near 88. And a look to Sunday, showers and thunderstorms likely, mostly cloudy, high near 87. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
19: at Clinton Body Shop we really do take pride in perfection and that's why we've been awarded the iCar Gold certification for our 30th year straight only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this this remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from iCar and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive in fact we're trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market at a time when when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts.
17: That's right, school is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right, school is back, and so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at mazdaofjackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in, and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MonsterofJackson.com With proof on select Model C dealer for details.
21: I'm JT Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. For the second time this year, the city of Ridgeland is withholding funds from its public library over LGBTQ plus books. I just think it's ridiculous that politics gets involved in the books that people read. They need to stay out of our
15: libraries.
21: That was what one Richland resident told WLBT. Back in January, Mayor Gene McGee said the city would not be giving any more money to the library if LGBTQ content or books written by LGBTQ authors were available to readers. A group called Friends to the Ridgeland Library then came together to raise enough money to get the library through October help mcgee still believes the library in the city can come to an agreement and the music lineup for the 2022 mississippi state fair has been announced with headliners and scotty mccleary as well as bobby rush
13: from the ground up from the grassroots that's how we began in 1922 and that's how we do things today
2: Welcome back, everyone. Super Talk Mississippi, midday's final half hour of the week. Then off to a bit of a rest. Back in here next week. Been a good week though. Uh, on the C Spire text line from the two two eight, Gerard, I have a Tesla Model Three Long Range. I also have an F one fifty. I drive about thirty thousand miles a year. The Tesla provides a considerable savings over the F one fifty. And the numbers you provide seem accurate. That's the comparison of the cost of operating an EV versus a gas car that I've shared a minute ago. The upfront costs are considerable. I have one work and one home charger in, installed at $2,000 each. And heck, with the credits, I think, will help pay for that. But if I'm not mistaken, is it, right now it's one of the American manufacturers will pay to install the, the, uh, the charger in your home when you buy the vehicle. I thought it was weird. I mean, they'll come to your home and install a charger. You see anything on that? I'll continue. The performance of an electric car cannot be matched by a gas car. This is Van in Ocean Springs. Said the EV, Van goes on to say the EV has incredible acceleration that cannot be matched by a gasoline-powered car. Still love my gas-powered F-150 and, of course, my Tesla can't do off-road. Said the Tesla goes 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds. My My model is long-range. It probably is under 5 seconds, 0 to 60.
3: What do you see? Uh, GM is subsidizing the installation of uh, at-home Level 2 charging stations, but you have to forego their free charging period for the purchase of a vehicle. You can either choose free charging at public chargers, or they'll subsidize the cost of a Level 2 charger at your home.
2: I got you. That makes sense.
3: Kia, however... If you're a reservation holder of their EV6 line that's going to be coming out, they will have free at-home Level 2 charging stations that you pick up that's included in the cost of the EV.
2: So, I mean, this is the market at work. These folks are competing with each other from your business, and they know that the investment in the charging apparatus you, you don't have to do that when you buy a gas-powered car. You just got to go buy some gas. In the old days, the dealer give you a tank before you roll, roll it off the lot there. So they're coming up with creative ways to um, encourage you and prompt you to buy a vehicle, an electric vehicle. I mean, that's, that's the market at work, all that is. I mean, you can go
3: back in history with the history of the, the automobile and look at the necessary infrastructure Put in place for the prominence of gas vehicles right because in the early early days of private automobile ownership the majority were electric because the electric rollout the electricity rollout in the country was faster than setting up fueling stations with gas also the gas vehicles weren't as efficient So you had more electric vehicles on the road at one point in time than gas vehicles, right? Uh, So, but then when the gas, when the internal combustion engine got better with carburetors and everything, and it became more economical to run a gas-powered car, gas stations started popping up, and then you have the boom after World War II, where the the interstate highway system and the car culture
2: of America and everything kind of the golden age. Yeah. No doubt about it. Eisenhower, by the way, it was during the Eisenhower administration the the concept of the interstate system was uh, envisioned and, and ultimately enacted and as, as I recall originally, I actually did a, a speech on this just as a subject matter in college. As I recall, the interstate system originally the idea was to allow our military our mobile military assets to have a way to move about uh, in the event of nuclear attack, because we were still worried about that quite a bit in the 50s, big-time Cold War, etc., threat was constant. And that was the original, I think, purpose. It was kind of a dual purpose. Obviously, it was to connect the states, roadways for, for passenger vehicles and, and um, service vehicles and, and movement of goods, and, uh, of course. But it kind of had that dual role of... Because there's no no stoplights, as you know. They're wide, four-lane, etc. I think from the beginning, if I'm not mistaken, that was all to accommodate the uh, the military vehicles. Well,
3: I think the the bigger push for the, the military use of the interstate system was to move troops in an effective and efficient and, and speedy manner to parts of the country that would need to be defended. Okay. Because at that point in time, you didn't have the intercontinental ballistic missile yet. That's right. Where you still had in order to get a nuclear weapon into another country, you still had to fly it there in a plane. Okay. So you needed to be able to get to the border they were coming from quick enough to stop them from getting to a major population zone.
2: Makes sense. They weren't there weren't nuclear uh warheads Sitting underground in silos that could be activated with a button that right. would stick them with incredible accuracy, right on top of where you want it that somewhere else later. in the world. That's, yeah, and that's why if
3: you look back at the the history of nuclear weapons, you you have this period of innovation where it was just kind of throwing at the wall and seeing what stuck because you had like the portable portable nuke backpack bomb that could be right. carried by infantry into the field. You had the I forget the name they gave it but the one you could shoot out of a howitzer that was a nuclear warhead that you shot out of a howitzer for it. I mean there were there was this nuclearization of the arsenal that eventually led to the ICBMs that are the still the biggest threat at the moment.
2: And typically a, a nation's nuclear arsenal is that's that's the key measurement. How many ICBMs do you have? What's the range of them and so forth. And I remember being back in college uh when 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 russia was just building up their arsenal this is before reagan got elected remember and he knew that that cold war was a huge threat to our safety and uh couldn't build the military up fast enough to to uh, counter the threat and so he broke them economically essentially is what he did because they were spending he was causing them to spend so much money of their so much of their gdp on on military by the way, somebody did say earlier, uh, talking about yeah, manufacturers raising their sticker prices on the heels of this bill passing. Yeah, Ford raised the price of an F one fifty. Lightning. Um, yeah, seven thousand dollars from last year. GM last month raised the price, anticipating this bill going through. Price of its electric Hummer by six thousand two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean, so this is corporate welfare. Uh, Brian and Madison says, Gerard, did you did you say seventy percent of EVs are not eligible for the rebate from the Fred? If that's correct, how are the remaining thirty percent tied to connected or affiliated with the Democrat party? Democrat party? Yes, I intentionally misspelled the Dems. I'm not sure, Brian, but I actually have a, a list. I found a list of all the EVs available, and it and it shows whether or not they are eligible. Of course. Uh, the manufacturers are busy trying to figure out what they got to do to get them eligible because that's they know that's going to be a huge selling feature and uh, again this is government intervening in the market in a big sort of way uh, somebody also said you know you got to figure in the cost of replacement batteries and battery tech that's true battery technology has improved dramatically the last few years and everything I found doing some research on that said average, life of these batteries now in a new vehicle up to 10 years 10 to 15 years so it
3: depends on the usage the range used the charging and all that but that i go back to that's why i'm excited about the nuclear diamond battery because you're you're talking about enough nuclear material to fit on a pinhead that can give you enough voltage to be a double a and it's scalable to the point where the the amount of space taken up by current car batteries you take half that space fill it with
2: nuclear diamond batteries and you don't have to change it for 20,000 years. And and weight is right. a consideration as well. So uh Sam from Mount Hermon says the interstate highways were also a temporary were designed to be a temporary runway for the air force. Yeah, I, I've heard that as well. I re- recall that as well, Sam. I, again, all of it I think had a military component of it. That it would be an asset to be used by the military and again, I think all that was uh, just sort of trying to calculate the threat of nuclear attack, or a threat on our soil here, and have a way to move whatever military assets w- those would be, whether it's aircraft or people, as you indicated, soldiers, et cetera. And Ed from
3: New Hope did point out a good distinction. It is an idea that Ike got from the Germans with the Autobahn. Oh, okay. It yeah. was an adaptation of the Autobahn idea, except... With speed limits.
2: Makes sense. Makes sense.
3: Then again, it's a lot harder to get a driver's license in Europe than it is here.
2: Right. TBA says their electric grid cannot handle 20% EV cars. Okay, today. But once again, don't think about solving problems with today's technology and today's environment. Think about what new tools, what new technologies, what new investment... Is coming down the pike to address this. I I, I I dismiss that because that is based on a point in time. And not based on what's going to be unfolding. And also, don't forget, along with the credits for EVs and appliances and all that stuff, there are a massive amount of credits in that bill. We got into some of the wonky aspects of that the other day. To produce new electric production that's based on renewables. So that's coming too. Final segment coming up on Middays when we return. Guys,
1: have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
4: Are you a small business owner, run a small business, or aspiring to be a small business owner? If so, then don't miss Collab South for a full day of panels and breakout sessions to build your business and sustain it through long-lasting relationships with other entrepreneurs. Presented by the Southern Business Institute. Locate, connect, and collaborate with other like-minded business owners. This one-day event will be held at the Country Club of Jackson, August 26th from 8 to 5 p.m. Tickets can be purchased at southernbusinessinstitute.com. Space is limited, so act now and purchase your tickets today at southernbusinessinstitute.com.
13: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
0: Keeping you up to date with news, weather, and politics that affect you and your family. Supertalk Mississippi News. Your news all the time. On air and online. Supertalk Mississippi News at supertalk.fm.
5: Join Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's original, Cajun and garlic and green onion sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. Join
13: Grammy Museum Mississippi on Saturday, August 21st for If I Leave Here Tomorrow, a film about Leonard Skinnerd and post-screening conversation by Paul Abraham. Come explore the backstory of this legendary Southern rock band, songs from the first six albums, and a focus on Ronnie Van Zandt. Doors open at 2 p.m. and the documentary will begin at 2.30. To purchase tickets or learn more about upcoming programs and Grammy Museum's current exhibit, MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV, visit GrammyMuseumMS.org.
12: Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: favorite Van Halen tune. We've talked about the video before. I like it. It's got in the, the little... album huh? for unlawful carnal knowledge. <laughs> That's right. Great of a little bit of a say what that spells. Right now, I know, my friends. of so lots of comments on the EVs. It's good discussion, and and uh, here's what I'll say. Just in preface before I get through these comments, and I know it's a We'll continue the discussion next week. Folks, in my opinion, electric vehicles, as far as the advancement and the current level of the technology, we're in the bag phone era. And I'm going to say it again. All these things you guys bring up, they're all valid concerns. There's no doubt. But there are problems that are technical in nature that get solved by really smart people. My objection is to the government trying to tamper with the natural marketplace with stupid credits and all kinds of other crazy stipulations that we've run down the program. That's my problem. But, hey, if you don't want it, fine. That's, that's fine. I know we had somebody here says they drive along like 150 miles a day, and it maybe not practical or no charging stations. Well, first thing, the government is spending 500 million dollars sticking charging stations all over. Now, I oppose that bill, by the way, but so and I'm just pointing that out as a potential uh, probable solution to the problem. I believe we'll get to the point where you won't have to ever charge them. I still believe we're gonna, we, we are going to deploy, invent and deploy technology that will charge the vehicles while they are mobile and traveling on the road. I honestly believe that's coming. Not next year, but within a few years. And so guess what? When that happens, all the objections about, well, the grid can't handle it. Well, shut the grid down. I hear you. I know. That's based on today. So imagine if uh, simultaneously, concurrently, new technology arrives on the scene that says, guess what? Don't have to pull any power from the grid anymore. That's the This is exciting to me. This, is, this And then you think about the applications of such technology, you ain't even, we don't even know. It's not even a twinkle in anybody's eye. It's like Steve Jobs famously said, people don't know what they need until I tell them. Nobody can think like that guy. And so my confidence is in human innovation and the capacity to do so. And, and that's why, yeah, all these are valid objections today. I've said it a thousand times the time frame is the issue, not the concept, the time frame, not the effort. It's government trying to artificially, almost synthetically, tamper with the time frame, with all kinds of crazy legislation. I oppose that. So, uh, and I know somebody on here said Rhino that gave us a rundown of their current situation with their vehicle and you know if I went and bought a new and it cost me money and then I got the problems with the charge. I hear you, I get it. But I I'm just simply pointing out that in my opinion, we're moving in that direction. Like it or not, we're moving in that direction. And all of these problems are are gonna be they're very valid. But that's what humans do. They use their God given Innovative talents to solve problems to better society. And and that will absolutely happen. And I know so yeah, on the C Spire tax line it says I work 14, 14, two weeks on off, rent a trailer spot, work in the oil field, 90% do, have to drive 150, 200 miles a day at work, no charging stations in Pecos, Texas. It says Democrats don't care. I get it. So it's not that makes sense for you right now. i I'm, I'm with you. But at the point where they're either charging stations or it doesn't take as long to charge or the charge provides a way better range, or better yet, eventually you're charging while you're driving, then that problem goes away, and that's where we're headed. And so remember now, the, the goal initially, and really for the next few years, is just to get some folks transitioning where it does make sense for them, that don't drive as, as this listener does, 150, 200 miles a day. Uh, to go to work. That's a lot of people that are in that category, 150, 200 miles a day, or or to get to the work site however often every two weeks. That's an outlier. That's just an outlier. It's great work. It's respectful work. And thank you for doing it. But it's, it's, not, it's not a typical case of the American work. Most don't do that. But that's what makes a country great, is this diversity of work. And they have diverse needs to support that and to facilitate that work. I agree with this. The Democrats don't think about that. I agree. They're not, they're kind of oblivious to just how complex and diverse our economy is, and there are multiple needs to support that, and we all rely on that. And so they just say, nope, take it or leave it. It's stupid. But we're out of time here today. On middays. We thank you so much for joining us. We are back in the Element Well studios next week. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe and God bless.
0: <laughs> a Super Talk Mississippi <laughs> Media Production.